Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Marenzi. I'm on the grid, and so is the raging redhead, Cam Stewart. We've talked NFL football. We've talked a little bit about... The NBA game of horse. We talked about Chris Johnson and uh, him allegedly hiring somebody to uh, shoot two people after he got shot. Uh, but I think it'd uh, be a fun time to talk a little baseball. Hey, hey, baseball! <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to be betting on that uh, Taiwan, uh, the Taiwan, uh, Taiwan baseball league. I'm going to bet on that. Um, and I've resisted from like Belarusian women's handball and stuff, Cam. But I got no beef with betting on some baseball uh, from Taiwan, baseball from South Korea around the corner. Major League Baseball, ugh, Man, I don't know. No. And I'm dead serious. I think Major League Baseball really should, instead of like having these false, you know, pipe dreams and stuff. And you need a plan. I understand. Yeah. You know, you have to have options waiting in case you know you're good to go. But without being stated. You can do like a home run derby, and people love that stuff. Like, oh, yeah. get well, real players. You Give saw what a- happened last time with Vladimir Guerrero there. Yeah, and, empty like, stadium. Uh, Guerrero at home the Dominican Republic on TV, whatever, crushing balls, going to Mike Trout alone in the stadium. You can do that, and it would be, man, people would go crazy for that. Fourth of July, home run derby. Hey, we don't have baseball people. We're giving you a home run derby, fireworks and a home run derby, whatever. There's options to, to be done. So I brought it up earlier that CBS Sports, CBSSports.com, listen, everyone's, you know, trying to come up with things to talk about and come up with content. So with baseball, with CBS Sports, each day they do like the best, the best uh, all-time team, so to speak, of each franchise. And I saw that they did the Montreal Expo. It said Expos, and I got excited. Yeah. And I saw it was Slash Nationals. Wow. I said, no, 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 no. no. Any, <laughs> any hardcore Expo fan. It's so ignorant, too. It, it's almost like the company understands, like, there's a fan base in Canada, people here. Like, there's Montreal. The Montreal Expos fans are hardcore. You already screw them out of uh, on the strike year, and then you come back with this stuff. No, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's very ignorant to place that franchise with the Nationals. They're two separate things, as we talked about earlier, and uh, I don't get why these people do that. It's, uh, it's, it's actually factually wrong. They're totally different. The Expos, too, for a team that didn't do well attendance-wise over the last couple of years. But, you know, people forget they used to be one of the leaders in attendance uh, in Major League Baseball. 
But for a team that didn't, you know, do well, their perception is, well, they don't have a ton of fans. It's actually like the furthest thing from the truth. People that love the Expos love the Expos. Yes, they do. Like there's that hardcore base of Expo fans. And it's not just Montreal. Um, you know, people in Vermont, people in uh, New York, um, you know, like Plattsburgh, New York is like an hour away from Montreal, an hour and 10 minute drive type of thing. Uh, Vermont, they had a farm team there. Um, all across Canada, the Expos were, they were around uh, before before the Blue Jays were, yeah. right? So the Expos sort of have this national sort of like following and the Expos have always been hip. Their uniform is cool. People, like they still pop up. There's more Expo gear sold now than there was when they played. It's crazy. Like, I didn't tell you this. So I was watching The Simpsons last night and Bart was looking for a gift for Lisa for her birthday, 99 cent bin. Hey, I found a Montreal Expos jersey. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you bastards. I can't believe you said that. I never saw that one. Boom! 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 Yeah, I'm not down. Montreal Expo. I'm not down. I actually thought of you. Uh, st steam coming out your ears. I was hilarious. It was a pretty good episode, though. Can't, can't get it. I would be wearing an Expo jersey now, and yeah. I would I would hold one up. Yeah. But it, it causes problems. Uh, with yes, the it does. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just see so, what we're told. Yeah. So <laughs> Cam, Cam's a Blue Jay guy. I'm an Expo guy. We're gonna get to Cam's Blue Jay team. I was gonna. I'm figuring. You know, we'll we'll do both the positions as we go, but. Let's keep them individual, actually. We'll keep them individual. Let's start off with the Expos. And this, so this isn't our favorite. We did the favorite. Uh, me and Kurtz did this before where we did our favorite players, which was pretty cool. That was fun. This is, no, 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 no. We're going with the best team. We're trying to win a game seven in the World Series here. In franchise history, we could pick any player in franchise history to play for us. This is where we're going. We're starting off with the catcher position. And really, it's a no-brainer. It's no debate. It's the kid. It's Gary Carter, number eight. Um, great guy, Gary Carter, class act. Met him many times. Had him on the show many times. It's, you know, it's a great baseball player, winner, competitor. And arguably, I think he might be the second best catcher of all time after Johnny Bench. Uh, and, and, you know, oh, no yeah. disrespect to Yogi Berra and the old guys. So I can't speak of that. I don't want to. Baseball has so, many, so much history. But... There hasn't been a modern catcher as good as those guys. And those were the best of the best. Johnny Bench, you know, Johnny Bench and Gary Carter, man. Uh, but yeah, Gary Carter, obviously the best catcher in Expos history. But Cam, you know baseball history being a better. You watch a lot of baseball being a kid before you watch Expos. Other catchers in Expo history, uh, Darren Fletcher was good, part of that 90s. Fletcher was game. good, actually. <laughs> he was good. Right? Well, you can't say he's the best. Like, no, he's not in Gary say. Carter's league. He's good, but he's no. He's he was no... part of the good team. Yeah. But it's it's Gary Carter. First yeah. base was interesting. Because I don't know if you remember this guy. He was actually, and it's funny, because I remember as a kid, it threw me off that he wore number zero. And no one ever wore number zero. And it is true. I looked it up. He was the first player to wear zero in any sport, which is pretty crazy. Like, he kind of he revolutionized things. Al Oliver played for the <laughs> Pittsburgh Pirates at a Montreal Expo. Scoop. That was his nickname, Scoop. First baseman. Yeah, yeah. The Expos, you know, Tony Perez, great Hall of Famer, Tony yeah. Perez and the Reds played uh, first base for the Expos. Cliff Floyd played some first base. Uh, Moises Alou, of course, you know, had the, uh, Cliff Floyd had the gruesome injury um, at, uh, at first base uh, before. 
But ultimately, Cam, first baseman, Montreal Expos, who do you think of? Andres Galarraga, the big cat. The cat, yeah, the big cat, uh, he's got to be there. Did so many things well, uh, hitting for power, too. No, legendary, too, wherever he played, Gabe, too. Just a very good MLBer. I'm with you on the cat. He was, he's amazing. All right, so Gary Carter, Gary Carter's the catcher. Yep. Uh, the big cat, Andres Galarraga, plays first base. The Expos outfield is, like, over the top, the history. Mm-hmm. The middle infield, Cam. Yeah. Yeah, like there's no. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Like I, I looked at the Blue Jays too. I'm like, catcher, man, they had some guys who did some stuff. It's weird. Certain positions are dominant. Well, Jays, but you got Roberto Alomar, who's probably the best Jay ever at second base. Yes. Right? Yes. The Expos, dude, growing up, like Rod, we always had like just some guy. Yeah. Like the Expos <laughs> never had like, oh, he's a stud second baseman. You know what I mean? Like Rodney Scott. Um, they just sort of had guys there. So, honestly, it's a guy from the last edition of the Expos makes the cut. And he really was. Great hitter. He really was a very good hitter. Jose Vidro. Oh, I like Jose Vidro. Yeah, good call. Jose like Vidro. Jose Vidro. It is what it is, guys. Jose Vidro is the best <laughs> second baseman, all right? <laughs> That's the best. Jose Vidro, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I know the team. I know the yeah. franchise. I would have yeah. went somewhere else if I could have, but it is what it is. The guy, listen, it's a good hitter. What was Jose Vidro's career batting average? Let me see here. It's uh, what, about 280? Yeah, good call. I would say probably, I'm going to say a little higher. I'm going to guess he's like a 292-er. He's probably even close to 300, unless I'm overvaluing him. He was a nice guy, too. He's a strange guy, quiet guy, but nice guy. Um, all right, career batting average. Yeah, what did I say? Closer to 300. Get wow. 298. That's impressive. That's very impressive. Not bad, eh? 298 career batting average in, uh, in a 10-year, 12-year career. You hit 298 over 12 years, that's consistent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's you know very so. that, That's consistent. Like, he, the guy could hit, man. Like, he really was. He was like a doubles hitter, singles type guy. But, uh, you know, home runs, not bad. 24 home runs, 15 home runs, 19, 15, 14. Uh, he had 96 RBIs in 2002 uh, with, with the Montreal Expos. Uh, hit three. You know, if you look at this run here with the Expos, he hit 304, 330, 319, 315, 310. Wow. Pretty good. Yeah. Very like, good. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> so we say, oh, Jose Vidro. Like, Jose Vidro can play. You know, and he played. He went to the Nationals a bit, and he ended up with Seattle after the fact. It was weird. He kind of lost his passion after Montreal. It was weird. Yeah. Like, he was one of those guys, he liked Montreal. Like, he didn't like media. He didn't like pressure. He didn't like, you know what I mean? He just wanted to play baseball. And I don't know. He wasn't the same. You can see he wasn't as happy in Washington, and he just sort of, he, he tailspinned out of there. So, but the shortstop uh, of the Expos, so Jose Vidro, second base. Shortstop of the Expos, same thing. Another modern guy, Cam. The Expos never really had great shortstops over the years. The longstanding shortstop as a kid growing up, like with those, the, the good Expo teams, was Chris Spire. <laughs> yes. You remember Chris Spire? Yes, I, yes, I do. <laughs> You talk about it. Vidro's actually good, but yeah, you're right. Like when you look Chris at the Spire, like, let's guess, uh, guess Chris Spire's all-time batting average. I'm gonna say 268. Oh no. 248? Yeah, I'm gonna say two. Yeah. 248? 244. <laughs> I'm gonna say 244. 
His career batting average is, dear God, 246. No, 246. Hey, very close. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What did I say about Vitra? I said, nah, he's yeah. close to 300. Yeah. I said, 290. Like, Chris, but yeah, so yeah, obviously he's not the guy. <laughs> no. He's not the guy. Um, Orlando Cabrera. For sure. He has to be the guy. Orlando Cabrera was very good defensively, had a little power, good hitter, competitive guy, won a World Series with the Boston Red Sox. He was on the Red Sox that won the World Series uh, championship. You know, winner guy, really good guy, too. He's one of the guys on the Expos that um, I got along with the best. I don't know why. It's weird. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, a Dominican, I had nothing in common. We were, we were, it was weird, though. He did, he liked me. I got along well with him. Like, he used to talk to me about his wife and his life uh-huh. and stuff. Like, it was serious. And he liked me because he knew... He just knew, he knew I was a hustler kind of. And he was kind of like, he grew up poor and stuff. Yeah. But it was really funny. I remember like, he liked me because I was, he knew how cool it was. And you're going to like this. I don't know if I've told you this before. I brought it up on a couple of shows over here. So it's kind of just random. But Orlando Cabrera, he never wore the same pair of socks twice. It's unbelievable. And he said that he <laughs> grew up. And I saw him because I was, yeah. I was broken. It was a big thing. Yeah. Socks, socks, right? Yep. And I saw him once. He literally had, like, dude, like, I don't know, like, 400 pairs of socks stacked, like, in his locker stall, okay? Awesome. <laughs> got along well with Orlando Cabrera. And one of the things that I had in common uh, with him was uh, our love of socks. And uh, anybody that, uh, number one, um, was in a punk rock band, a metal band, a swamp foot. Oh, yeah. Uh, swamp basically, foot. yeah, yeah. Listen, man, people, uh, men like socks. You know what I mean? Like, for me, when a lot of people are like at Christmas, oh, I got a pair of socks. I'm oh, like, oh, good. I'm like, oh, right, thank you, thank more, you. More socks. Yeah, more, more socks. socks. <laughs> more socks. So Orlando Cabrera, next to his locker, once he had like 400 pairs of socks or something. He had like stacks upon stacks upon stacks of socks. And I said to him, I, I sort of started drooling. Yeah, and I was, you know, I used to hang out with him around his locker, just talk, you know, about life and stuff. And I'm like, damn, man, I was like, Cam, like you, like looking at like a, a big stack of ribs, you know? What yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, chicken. I, I came over, I was like, that's a nice looking stack of socks you got, bro. <laughs> like I told him, I was like, those are some nice socks you got. You got a lot of socks, and they're just normal, like almost dollar store tube socks, <laughs> like. But he had them in the bags, like pack of three, pack of three, pack of three. And he goes, oh, yeah, man. He goes, uh, I never wear the same sock twice. And he goes, never. He goes, I didn't have socks when I was broke, when I was a kid. He goes, I told myself when I made the big leagues, I'd never wear the same sock twice. Wow. And That's- he goes, some guys get their socks washed. He goes, I don't. And he, just, he, he took his socks off. He dropped them like, ding, into the garbage. <laughs> ding. And he ripped open a piece of black, and he's talking to me. He's like... And, and we started talking. And I'm like, there's nothing like those new socks. Huh? And he puts them on. And he's like, oh, yeah, man. He pulled them up. I was like, can I have a couple of pairs? He's like, no. <laughs> he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I was just joking around with him. But, uh, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if people need this much information about him. But, yeah, so he never wore the same sock uh, ever. And he was serious about it. Yeah. Like I used to see, like the, the, the guys would bring him over to stack of socks all the time. He paid for his own socks, though. Like he told me they don't give them to him. <laughs> he, he buys his own. Because, like, 
Like he's got like baseball socks that he wears like on the field. Those are different. And in real life, like he wears these yeah. socks, he takes them Just off at the ballpark. Socks. Two yeah. socks, regular socks. Yeah, and I know. Unfortunately, uh, he goes commando. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Boxers briefs, none. Which I tell you is a very popular thing with big league players. Yes. <laughs> they put the socks on. They just put the trousers and they're good to go. That's that. You know what I'm saying? He wears a jock though, right? Just just bare noodle and jock, right? No, I'm talking in real life after the game. I see, I see. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like the socks and he told me. He goes, no, nothing. He started laughing. So jumps hanging. He goes, no, nothing. He pulls his pants up. Very smart. It's very comfortable to be bare noodle and just socks. I'm with you. Like you're yeah, right. You, you need you need to let the boys breathe. Like in uh, you know, dangle. You, they need to do what they need to do. Yeah, that's true. I'm not. I don't like. I like Jim Palmer, but I don't need a pair of tight jockeys. <laughs> Remember Jim Palmer? I'm Jim Palmer for jockey. His were the nut hugger types too. They weren't like oh. boxers. Straight up. It was like, yeah. dude, come on, bro. Like, yeah, we don't need to see this. We know they're form fitting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God. We know. We okay. So Orlando, Orlando Cabrera. Yeah, Orlando Cabrera. He's the shortstop. Um, all right. We got sidetracked a little bit. Orlando Cabrera is the shortstop. Uh, let's move on here. Third base. Third base. Expos have had some good third basemen. Uh, Pete Rose played a little third base uh, for the Expos. Ooh. Also played a little first base. Um, but. He got his 4,000 hit, actually, as a member of the Expos. You know, Pete Rose was so ahead of the curve, Cam, even back in those days, that the Expo players asked him that day. He showed up, bro. He had, like, nine Expo jerseys. Yep. All right? And he had more bats than usual. And basically, Pete Rose, always thinking, he wore a – he changed his jersey after every inning. Game worn jersey. <laughs> yeah, why? Why so? The why? game that I hit. So someone has the Expo jersey and says, "That's the jersey that Pete Rose wore when he got his four thousands hit." Well, nah, he, he wore it in that game because he 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 switched jerseys after every inning. <laughs> smart. You're right. Very smart move. That's the money good. didn't go to charity. No, it went to. Pete. No, no, no. It was like the Pete Rose Trust Fund, the gambling fund. You know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. like Jordan, Michael yes. Jordan used to change shoes at halftime and stuff and after quarters. That's hustling too. Yeah, but he would do it. They'd put it in charity, but it was. He, always, he liked to gamble. Yeah, yeah, there's he, always an angle, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of athletes will do that where it'll be like, all right, whatever, man. Put it up for charity or go give it to the donation. But they have other ones, Cam. Where they're like, yo, 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 put that aside, right? And it's up to the player. Like, you know, I want to bring that up actually. Well, you know, we're gonna get sidetracked, but Chris Spielman, always one of my favorites, class act, great football player. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice, we play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. 
Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Game Time Decisions continues, having fun uh, talking baseball. And just, you know what I like about this? You talk about these players, then you think about the other players and then the memories that come back and the stories uh, that come back. But let's keep it rolling. We'll get into third base in the Montreal Expos right now. Larry Parrish. Uh, was was my guy growing up. He was the the the, the mainstay um, at, at third base. Also involved, old Larry. Larry uh, Larry liked the uh, the powder cam. <laughs> Larry like was doing lines with Keith Hernandez and those yeah, guys. Like Larry Larry lines. Larry out Okay, great man. Larry lines. Yeah, like he was. <laughs> he was part of that era. Oh yeah, those guys. What yeah. an era! That's yeah. my era. Like, yeah. and you no one holds it against them. They're not like that. Ah, and we're doing roids, but basically, guys, that 1970, the 77, 78 Studio 54, yeah, disco, dude, they were doing coke like that. It was like drinking coke. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Like guys were doing bumps off of keychains in the dugout. Oh, like big time. They'd be in the dugout, go to the bathroom, going to take a leak. Uh, wink, wink, bump, bump. Right? <laughs> like guys, like there was a story. Bill Lee told it. He said, "Why do you think Tim Raines dove head first? Yeah. He goes to protect his uh, his coke in his back I, pocket. I even I, I was gonna say I didn't want to ruin the Tim Raines story, but on the OPG Tops cards, he's called Rock Raines, not yeah. Tim. Raines. I know. A, they call him Rock. Yeah, it's a bad, bad, bad yeah, pun. It's like, hey, hey, guys, call me Tim. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, yeah. I watched those old baseball. Yeah, that was before Rock was even the term. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Rock came with crack cocaine. Yeah. He was named Rock because he, he was built like a rock. He was muscular. But it didn't help that the guy was doing rails. Exactly. <laughs> That's kind of my point. And the thing was, when you watch those old baseball games, like Oil Cam Boyd and Gooden, like, you just watch them just pour. Oh, yeah. Like, you watch it now as a kid, you're like, wow, that guy sweat a you lot. Can, you can see some guys on the hill are going like this to their <laughs> nose even. They're like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> how, many, how many big league pitchers in those days do you think were on the hill? They got a little paranoid in their head thinking, oh, man, people could probably see the blow coming out of my nose. <laughs> Like you know what I mean? They're like doing this. People think they're sweating and they're in their head. Bill yeah. Lee, he's got the best stories, right? The pitcher, the spaceman. Bill Lee told a story too. When he goes, when I played in Montreal, uh, he, the manager asked him once. He goes, "Why are you always dropping your hat, anyways? What are you, what are you doing? I'm stupid." Um, so Bill Lee, when he would walk off, so he would pitch, and he'd wave to all the fans. He was a reliever. He'd wave to all the fans. He'd walk off, but he'd drop his hat. Or he'd drop his glove. And you know why? 
he was picking up pieces of hash that people were throwing to him. Beautiful. The hash man. Yeah. He goes, <laughs> he goes, ah, the skip asked me why I dropped my hat. He thought I was an idiot. He goes, no, people would throw me hash. It's like uh, hash, like pot, like, but like little piece of tinfoil, like little right. grams of hash. Only Montreal. <laughs> hey, good job. They'd throw like, hash at him. You were hash today. He'd, he'd bend down. <laughs> thanks, guys. Like, pick it up, putting his, like, That's thanks, so guys. Like, Major League Baseball player picking it up off the ground. Just too good. So, yeah, those guys party. But uh, to me, the best Expo third baseman's got to be the man that they called Eli and a man that I would like to see actually manage the team. Uh, if not Tim Raines. I don't have a problem with Tim Raines being a manager, but they go to back to Montreal. This guy's paid his dues as a as a as a coach in the big leagues. Tim Wallach, Wallach. great oh, third dang. baseman. Oh, dang. Tim Wallach's amazing. Good hitter, good defensive yeah. player, good all around player. I agree with you. Tim Wallach was uh, he did everything well. Everything. All right, so the infield, okay, you know, you know, we're not we're not going to be confused uh, with the boys of summer here. No. Uh, with the infield, but not bad. Gary Carter, Andres Galarraga, Jose Vidro, Orlando Cabrera, Tim Wallach. Outfield is the strength of the Expos franchise history. Speaking of rock, listen, Moises Alou was very good. Moises Alou is great. Tim Raines is better. Tim yeah. Raines is Tim Raines. Tim Raines is the Expos all-time great left fielder. There's no dispute. Yeah, you know, Tim Raines is awesome. <laughs> but but then some good ones. Moises Alou was good. Yep. The Expos always had badass outfielders. They just they just have like in their franchise history. So many Floyd, guys. Floyd left was up. good. Like they had a million guys. Rondell like, White, yeah, Cliff Rondell Floyd, White. Marquise Grissom, Grissom, Larry Walker. Yeah. These are all guys. Off the top of my head, there's five Hall of Famers that played in the Expos outfield. Just off the top of my head. Listen, Larry Walker got in. So Larry Walker's getting in. Tim Raines, Hall of Famer. Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer. He's already in. Vladimir Guerrero's already in. And uh, who am I missing? There's there's another guy. Uh, it'll pop up. Um, Say Walker. Tim Raines, Andre Dawson, oh, Vladimir yeah. Guerrero. Who's the one? Uh, Larry Walker. Yep. So that's four. There's a fifth. I swear there was a fifth. It'll pop up. Okay, so anyways. Tim Raines, left fielder. Tim Raines. Um, center field was tough because Marquise Grissom was great, right? Like Marquise Grissom, Marquise Grissom was really, really good. He was part yes, of that '94 team, you know, very good major league baseball player. But Andre Dawson's Andre Dawson, bro, the Hawk. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree. It's got, it's got to be the Hawk. Right field, it's not really a debate. Is Vladimir Guerrero for um, hands down? Nobody but else. Take that outfield. You match that outfield up against anybody in baseball history. Tim Raines, Andre Dawson, Vladimir Guerrero, your outfield. Yep. Amazing, like Tim Raines, speed, great defense. Tim, uh, Andre Dawson, all around, great player. Vladimir Guerrero, so great, great all-time. Uh, I want to hear, hear your pitchers because there's so many good ones there. The pitchers are interesting. There are. How many guys are you listing? Two or four? What are no, you going to? I I gave a full staff. Okay, I'm going to give a full. I only gave two. I but gave I'll... a full staff, a closer, and a manager. Okay. So I'll pick up the pace, just because you know we're, we we go on and on for hours about this stuff. But yeah, you think Expos pitchers, Pedro. Yeah. Pedro Martinez. For sure. And you think of another Martinez when you think of Expo pitchers, El Presidente, El Perfecto. Well, you got another one. You're missing a couple of studs, too. There's still Dennis, more to go. Dennis <laughs> Martinez. 
Dennis, Dennis Martinez. Martinez, the Nicaraguan. Uh, you know, he was a stud with the Baltimore Orioles. Had a major cocaine problem, Cam. Speaking of cocaine. Uh, went into rehab, reinvented his career, with, came back with the Montreal Expos, and I got goosebumps now. Perfect game against the Los Angeles Dodgers at Chavez Ravine, man. And that's the call from Dave Van Horn. El Presidente, that was his nickname. The president, El Presidente. El Presidente, El Perfecto. Perfecto. <laughs> what a call, Cap. I know, that was great. Now, now, now this Dennis Martinez throws that perfect game on ESPN. It would be it just Van Horn, just perfect. El Presidente, El Perfecto. And he just let the moment. And he was on the road. Dodger Stadium was like, you know, well, it's, you know, Cam, I've been, I've been to like literally, I don't know, man, thousands of baseball games, man, since, you know, the mid 70s. Only saw one no hitter live. And it really is like one of the coolest things that you can be at. Like it was nuts. Like, uh, and I saw, of all people, one of my favorite players of all time, Fernando Valenzuela. Fernando Valenzuela threw a no-hitter on a Friday night at Chavez Ravine, Los Angeles, on Mexican Heritage Night. Can't rate this like, stuff. Nah. And dude, it was one up. he was old, like before he retired. It was one of those nights like, no, no, he's not going to do this, is he? We're into the fourth inning. You're in the sixth inning. And then it was just like being there with every pitch and everything. It's coolest, one of the coolest things ever. But so uh, Pedro Martinez, Dennis Martinez, Steve Rogers was the Expos ace um, in, in their heyday. Also gave up the home run to Rick Monday. Here's a guy that's going to catch you off guard. I don't even know if you know who this guy is. And great hair. Great hair. Now, um, Ross Grimsley. <laughs> Ross Grimsley. <laughs> now, we can't see... We can't see the uh, the graphics yeah. um, at the time of the taping. Things get put up, but just look up a picture now, Cam, of Ross Grimsley. Ross Grimsley. The funny thing is, uh, what about Randy Johnson? He looks like a type of dude like my mom would have dated or something. Like, you know, like he's like type of dude you'd see smoking weed outside the parking lot, at, like at a Led Zeppelin concert. Look at this guy, <laughs> Ross Grimsley. <laughs> Ross Grimsley. Let me see here. Did it the Ross Grimsley images, images. Yeah. I see another shot of him too. Did he work for the, I see him in uh wow. He's in the minor leagues, right? Is uh, a former left-handed pitcher. Yeah. Reds, Baltimore, Montreal. Yeah. Images. Let's yeah. see what we got here. Well, it's a real challenge cam, isn't it? For you to get like a picture. Of oh yeah. Look at that. Whoa, whoa. You said it. What an Afro crazy eyes too. Yeah, yeah Ross, this guy. Ross oh Grimsley. man, this guy looks like your local drug dealer and thug. Oh, yeah. What a he look. looks. He looks oh. big. Every oh. picture. Look at look, him. Oh yeah, he's guys Every amazing. picture of him, he looks stone high. Yeah. Like he looks like the guy that was like the dope dealer in high school. Oh, big time. He's the guy if you need Van Halen tickets. Yeah, good perm. He's gonna hook you up. Yeah, Grimsley's and, oh, yeah, By the way, he's the only twenty-game winner in Expo history. Wow. Yeah, so for you to leave Randy, like Randy Johnson off that list is pretty ah, crazy. He's not an expo. Uh, he played there for a bit. You're right. Uh, you're I right. I, he isn't. He isn't. I don't, I don't count him. But look, Mark Langston was an expo. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I like Mark Langston. No, no, I'm going right. You know what, Ross Grimsley, I, I, I used to go see him when I was a kid. He was only briefly, even now older, he looks cool. Um, I used to go see him briefly. I saw him briefly as an expo, but he won 20 games. So I got to, how the hell am I going to leave off a guy that's the only 20-game winner in franchise history of the roster? No, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Just by definition, you won 20 games, 
You're the only guy in Expo history to win 20 games. I give you, uh, I give you it. And the next guy, you're gonna know this guy. He was like the best pitcher along with Pedro. And I'm gonna, I, you know, I'm going with him just because I'm. This is if I'm the GM and I need to win games. Give me Ken Hill. I like Ken Hill, a lot. Ken Hill in 1994 was awesome. He had that good run with the Expos. He was just money, bro. It was like I remember betting on Ken Hill. I was like, yeah, Hill's starting. Put your money on the Expos. Like he'll get it done. Like uh, he was in a zone. So. I left off some guys, but I don't look at those guys as expos, like Mark Langston, yeah. Randy Johnson. There's been flashes. Um, the bullpen, a lot of great relievers. Big Lee Smith was an expo. Amazing. Ugi Urbina. Yeah. Ugi Urbina, one of the craziest men ever to play Major League Baseball, is, uh, was a uh, reliever with the expos. But you got to go with the best one of them all, Jeff Reardon. Oh, yeah, Reardon's money. Big, um, the big. Um, oh, yeah, that guy. Okay. He's hairy. Yeah, very hairy, dude. Yeah. Hairy like this. <laughs> so are you. Uh, yes, I am. And the manager, Felipe Alou. I like it. I like it. I'm going to have to be quick because uh, I don't know how long we got, well, we got uh, we'll, we'll do in the this next, segment. The, the next segment. We'll do the next segment where okay. uh, we'll have time. Because the Blue Jays, so many great players on the, on the Blue Jays in their, in their franchise history. We, you know, we, we got to be able to do it justice. Some great managers. Dick Williams is one of the guys. That's sort of the manager, the most well-known manager. You know a great name of a manager at the Expos? Buck Rogers. Oh, yeah. Buck Rogers was good. No, yeah. But he, yeah, I like Buck Rogers. He was a good manager. They had some good, they had some good managers. But Uger Thurbina, when I say guys like about crazy baseball players, Uger Thurbina was literally like, no kidding, like one of the craziest people ever to play in Major League Baseball. Like, so a quick story about Urbina. They were playing San Francisco. And... It was getting chippy, man. And San Francisco's players were mouthing off, and everyone was mouthing off. And Expo's Olympic Stadium, everyone can hear each other. And so not a lot of fans there. It's getting lippy and stuff. Someone got hit, and people... So people were mouthing off in the dugout on the Giants to Uger Thurbina on the hill. And Felipe Alou basically called timeout. And, like, walked over and told Dusty Baker. He said, you know, come over here. And he basically said to Dusty Baker, he goes, listen, you've got to tell your guys, don't, like, talk crap to this guy. I can't control him. And he also said, he won't just throw at you. Like, he'll get you, like, after the game type thing. Like, don't, <laughs> don't like, um, don't mess with him. And... Like, people, like, in, in Major League Baseball, like, people realize, no, 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 like, he'll get you with a machete, which eventually he did, which, you know, he went back home to Venezuela, and he accused, like, some farm workers of stealing yep. from him, yep. and he basically tied up, like, 12 people, poured gasoline on him, and set him on fire. Yeah, it's insane. And he had a machete. Like, he threatened, I'm going to kill you, and he poured gasoline. Like, he's over-the-top crazy. Like, he really is. Like, there was a story in Montreal. He got away with it, too. They got into it in a bar with someone in a disco. Somebody ended up, like, in a near coma. And it was Urbina and his brother that were there. And he, he sort of got away with it dead. He was a ticking time bomb. But he was very, very tough, this guy. He was a very good pitcher. And he was mentally, like, insane. So he actually pitched, guys. I don't know if you guys remember this, but when, he was on the Detroit Tigers when they went to the World Series. Yep. And his mother was being held hostage Correct. for a ransom. 
And he pitched in the World Series. He basically said, I'm going to come back home and, like, kill you all uh, after the World Series. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. I know. I remember so, that. So, like, say what you will about him, like, but he's there for you if you're, you're a teammate. Like, his mother was being held hostage. I like to see Mike Trout play if your mother's being held for ransom. Just don't Who steal your like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll deal with it after. And he pitched in the World Series. His yeah. mother ended up uh, being okay after. Don't touch Oogie's stuff. Uh, lesson to you. Uh, big mistake. No, he was... Don't steal. The, Ex the Expos had a bunch of crazy dudes on their team. Yeah. Um, Carl Everett. Everett. Not Barr. Yeah. Carl Everett. But uh, Everett was kind of mellow on the Expos. He, he wasn't there long. He didn't really cause problems too much. Uh, Milton Bradley. Oh, yeah. Milton Bradley had uh, some anger issues. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Like, yeah, they had a lot of guys like that, that were... That expo clubhouse, though, dude. There's another time, Brad Fulmer, all right? Remember Brad Fulmer? Brad Fulmer was crazy, too. He played for the Jays. Yeah, yeah he's, so he's all juiced up. Yeah. He's all yeah. roided up and stuff. Brad Fulmer used to swing his bat in the clubhouse all the time. And they used to tell him, don't do that. Like, stop swinging your freaking bat in the clubhouse. You're going to hit someone. Yeah. Lo and behold, he smacked like an old man in the head with his baseball bat in Montreal. Like, there was a lot of, like, crazy things that would happen in that, like... In that clubhouse. Like, uh, Montreal was kind of a magnet for, for crazy players. I liked, your, I liked your story that you told me, too, when they used to have the Kentucky Fried Chicken spread and players with lots of kids would, like, steal the food. Like, no, that was, uh, it was Will Cordero. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, Will Cordero would take all the food for the players yes. and feed his family. <laughs> oh, they get mad. Oh, I'd get mad, too. Yeah, no, they were like, Dude, no, they, the, the players and the, the, the caterer had to shut it down because yeah. they made sandwiches. And it'd be like, can I get 14 sandwiches to go? And you'd see in the hallway, he'd have like seven kids there and he'd be feeding them. And then he'd leave, he'd walk off like double fist and beers. See you later, kids. He'd like go like. <laughs> DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Get on the grid, a sports grid. I am Marenzi, having a fun time just talking baseball. It's not so much just about the Expos, but about baseball and players in general and crazy stories. It's the one good thing about being around, uh, like I've been around these clubhouses, being around players, 
a lot of players, almost like a lot of guys, if you ask me about a player, I've got some story. We either, yeah, he was really nice to me. He told me to F off like Dave Rigetti did, <laughs> like Davey Lopes did. I've been, baseball players can be really rude. They can oh, be jerks. Sure can. I or don't... they can be really nice. There's like, it's weird. Yeah. Like, I've I been told don't... to like F off by a lot of guys. But just quickly, sure. Cam, with the food stuff, you would have loved it. I like. I used to get so jealous because I'd go into the clubhouse and had everything I'd like, right? They chicken wings. They love poutine. Yeah. They, they, you know, even the guys didn't know what it was. They, oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. So they, they, they're big on the smoked meats, big in Montreal, right? So smoked meat sandwiches. K, they love KFC. KFC was like daily. Like they were like KFC, KFC. Like I'd be there when they'd order it. Even they'd write it on the wall what they wanted, <laughs> and like they, the, the, the team would even say, "Guys, like you eat like you eat like disgusting." You know what I mean? But that's they. That's what they liked. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so Will Cordero, yeah, he used to feed his family. And they actually shut it down because it was costing them too much money. Like, it basically got to the point, Cam, he's feeding, like, a 12-person family <laughs> on, on clubhouse food. And they're like, dude, and I remember at the time, even the guy told me, I don't know if it was Tavares, the president yeah. guy, talked. somebody brought up to me when they were bitching about it. And at the time, listen, it was different. So this is, like, 15 years ago. He was making 1.8 million bucks. Because I remember someone said, the guy makes 1.8 million. He can buy his own sandwiches, man. Yes. <laughs> right? So they were getting mad. And remember, baseball only expo. So they were cheap. Yeah, that's true. They had tightened, so, tightened. yeah, they were monitoring stuff. And the expo players knew that baseball owed them. So the expos would try to abuse them. Yes. Good they were point. like, F baseball. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't care about us. Screw it. Order more KFC. You know what I mean? It was all on baseball's tab all the time. So, like, then the bean counters would come in. But anyways, um, the Blue Jays have a lot more money than the Expos always yep. did. But the Blue Jays are famously cheap, too. But that's another story. They are cheap. Uh, but I'll tell you what. Two-time uh, World Series champions and some really, really, really great players that played for the team uh, over the years. So let's get into it. We'll blast through it. What do you got? Blue Jays. Start a catcher camp. Well, Gabe, we're going to go with catcher here, and you got to go with the original drafted by the Blue Jays 12 years, too. And I know where people remember Pat Borders for hitting, you know, like great playoff runs, and he was great. But all in all, the best catcher in Blue Jay history, the great Ernie Witt. Ernie Witt was there from the get-go. He stayed with the team for a long time. Captain Canada. He's, yeah, Captain Canada. He's the he's catcher of the Canadian. Blue Jays. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's Team Canada guy right now. So Ernie Witt... Other guys did good things, and they stepped up. Like, Borders did some good things in the playoffs playing his best baseball, but Ernie Witt is Mr. Blue Jay at the catcher position. Next, this one's undebatable to me. And basically how the Expos had the best outfield, nobody beat the Blue Jays infield. When you look at these guys, Tony Fernandez at uh, shortstop, God rest his soul, he just passed away. Nobody was better for a clutch hit, a diving ball, acrobatics, defense, offense, everything Tony Fernandez did, a fan favorite too, and just came to play every single day, Gabe. Just passing away at shortstop, Tony Fernandez is Mr. Blue Jay, and I had to put him in shortstop. Second baseman, you talked about it. You can't even put a debate here. Roberto Alomar, one of the best in the business. The comeback win against Oakland in the playoffs, all the things that he did, the first World Series against uh, Atlanta. Great memories with Roberto Alomar and that Blue Jays team. You talk about it. This team was like an all-star team. They were like the Yankees before the Yankees. When Interbrew owned them, they actually had players. Now, at first base, I had a big problem. One of my favorites is John Olerud, but 
when you look at the numbers, Carlos Delgado is the best Blue yeah, Jay. It's got to be Delgado. Delgado, Gabe. When you see a guy's numbers in those years, like absolute insanity. Like he was just hitting, averaging in those times 40 home runs, crazy RBIs. Delgado did everything for the Blue Jays. And I'll tell you, man, the years that he spent there, he was one of the best players in baseball. So I think at first base, Johnny Allerud's a guy for my heart that I grew up with, but you you said this is a team of talent, not just of guys that you love. Third base was difficult, but I got to go with Josh Donaldson, um, one of the newer Blue Jays there. He he did a lot with the team too, Gabe. He's just a quality player, and it's tough. Like, I know you have more throwback expos from the glory days, but Josh Donaldson at third base, better than the old guys. DH is a tough position, but instead of putting this man in right field, I put Jose Batista as the DH of the team. Because I just, all the things that he did, you know, you talked about Odor and Texas and everything else. And we have to say that home run against Texas is still, after the World Series, one of the best memories of recent Blue Jay times where they beat the Texas Rangers down in that game. So to Jose Batista at DH. Now we're going to go with right field, which is very difficult. There's a lot of guys to choose from. But I went with one of the originals, Jesse Barfield. Showed up every day. My favorite player as a kid in the center field position, when I was, which I'll get to. But Jesse Barfield, I love Jesse Barfield. Every time, you know, good to the fans, very solid Blue Jay production, legendary year after year after year, he put up solid statistics. What are you going to do at center field, Gabe? This is a very tough one, and we have to go with numbers and who's better. I'm not sure who you're going to pick, but people forget. He's often uh, forgot, but Vernon Wells had his best years with the Toronto Blue Jays at center field. And I'm not sure if he's going to make everyone's list, but if you look at his statistics, when he played for Toronto in those years, Vernon Wells was the best guy. Left field for me, it's got to be my favorite guy. Where's the hat on top of the George Bell. George Bell, MVP candidate year after year. Those games against the Detroit Tigers when the Blue Jays started to be a factor in the American League and Major League Baseball, George Bell was a guy who carried that team on his back. Now we got to go with pitching. We got to go with the late, great Roy Halladay, one of my favorite players in all of baseball. Halladay was a class act for the Blue Jays. You brought up some great pitchers for the Expos. Next, I'm going to go with Dave Steeb. He's what, what can you say about Dave Steeb there, Gabe? He was Mr. Blue Jay from the old days. He was the dominant ace on the team. If you needed to stop a streak, Dave Steeb is your guy. Next, I'm not sure if this is going to make everybody's list, but Jimmy Key. Remember Jimmy Key? A very good Blue Jay. He's in the three hole with me. Um, for my fourth pick, I'm going to go with Jim Clancy. A lot of people won't have him, but for longevity, Clancy makes it. And for the fifth spot, I went with Pat Henkin. But obviously, Roy Halladay and Dave Steve are 1A and 1B. And my relief pitcher, everybody knew the Terminator, Tom Henke. He threw smoke. When the Jays had a lead down the stretch, good luck coming back. Tom Henke will always shut it down. And manager... We got to go, uh, I know I want to take John Gibbons. Well, Gabe, you know, that'd be a good, I really like John Gibbons, but uh, we got to go with uh, our our old boy. Uh, who, 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 you know who I'm talking about there. Who, which manager would you say the best Blue Jays manager is? Cito Gaston. Cito Gaston, exactly. I, I want to take Gibbons for jokes, but Cito Gaston did it all. So Cito is the manager of my team. There all we right. go. Well, there we Cam, go. Cam does his all-time Blue Jay team in seven minutes. Yeah, I do. Six minutes. <laughs> I want to. I'm sure we got to something else before the end of the segment. But a yeah, ambush. I'm, I'm yeah. Like, wow, that was yeah. fast. Uh, you know, listen. There's so many. There's so many tough. Um, there's so many tough decisions to make when you look at the Blue Jays. To me, like, you left off a lot of great players. Yeah, like Lloyd Mosby. Well, I'd I, say, listen. I, I'm not a Blue Jay fan, but this is just off the top of my head. I didn't prepare. 
uh, the Blue Jays. The catcher is interesting, but I got to go with Borders. He was the guy, right? So um, first base, you get Delgado, I get it. What about the crime dog, Fred McGriff? Yeah, McGriff, there were certain guys that uh, you can also put on Fred McGriff. And Gabe, Edwin Encarnacion had to be an honorable mention. John Oliver. Uh, we're talking uh, greatest. We're talking greatest. You know, the best. Yeah, the best. I, I love the crime dog. Uh, first base, it's 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 Delgado by a long slide, by a la- landslide. Well, Fred McGriff. Fred McGriff, Cap. I love I love the crime dog, but he's I don't not know if Delgado's better than McGriff. Listen to this, okay? This guy, when Carlos Delgado played, think about this: time, 40, 40 home runs consistently, 100 runs, RBIs. This guy, for those years that he was playing, Gabe, in only 222 at-bats, this guy was just murdering the ball. Like, for that legendary run that the Blue Jays had, Carlos Delgado was better than... No, don't don't get me wrong. I love Fred McGriff, but he's not as good. Take a look. Dude, their numbers are going to be almost the exact same. Carlos Delgado played 17 years in Major League Baseball, 473 home runs, 1,512 RBIs. And uh, his batting average career is uh, 280. Damn impressive. Yep. Very, very impressive. All right. So, uh, yeah, from from 1993 to 94, 889 runs, 336 home runs, 1,058 RBIs. Like, are you kidding me? Carlos Delgado, like, I love Fred McGriff. So, Fred McGriff, 493 RBIs. uh, Sorry, 493 home runs. So, he hit 20 more home runs. Albeit in 19 years, though he didn't play much in the last two years that count here. And uh, 1,550. Yeah. And he's a 284 hitter. Their numbers are the exact same. Now, Delgado did more in less time. If you look at, at, at take a look at the RBIs in comparison in the timeline. Delgado was. I'm, I'm looking at the timeline. I'm looking. Um. Uh, but, all right, so... I've had 125 home runs with the Jays. What Delgado? 330? All right, that, okay, okay, here you're saying there. Puccio steps in with some yeah, facts here. Puccio. All right, so, yeah, but that doesn't discount that Fred McGriff uh, hit 25, 27, 37, 25, 33, and 30 home runs with the Atlanta Braves. After. You're, you're talking to me like I don't like the crime dog? He's one of my favorite players. I'd Actually, I tell you, like, he's one of the nicer guys, too. I'm just saying, though, from... From a stat, no, a stat comparison, they're almost even. Like, yeah, 17 years to 19 years. Dude, the 19 years, dude, in his 19th year, McGriff played 27 games. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? It doesn't really count, you know what I mean? No. To me, no. It's, it's debatable, bro. Roberto, you can't go wrong with either guy. Yeah, Roberto Alomar, though, like next to that's him. A, that's uh, undebatable. That's Orlando Fernandez uh, is undebatable Correct. at shortstop. Third base is kind of debatable. You could go with old school Kelly Gruber, but Josh Donaldson in his run, 116 home runs in those years. 300. What was Paul Molitor during the, uh, the, was he a DH when they won the World Series? He played a little third base. DH, uh, I like Paul Molitor too. He was very, very, very good. Yeah, DH, you could put him there. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one, Gabe. I don't know what you do with Paul Molitor. Like, but I'll Don- be honest. When I do think of Blue, when you say Blue Jays third base, the first name that comes to mind is Kelly Gruber. Yeah, I was going to go with Ke- Kelly Gruber, but I like Donaldson for you told me statistics and what you think rather than your heart. I grew up. Yeah, with- the best. So you're no. I'm saying if you want the guy in a Game Seven of the World Series, you want Donaldson. Yeah, or, Ke- or Kelly Gruber. 
Donaldson over Gruber uh, at third base for sure. Left field is a tough one. Uh, no, but other than George Bell, you got Willie Upshaw. Jose Cruz Jr. had a couple good years. I liked Chandler, him when I was a kid, Jose Cruz Jr. Uh, Stewart was okay, but George He Bell, had the cool fro, too. George Bell killed them all. Uh, George Bell's the best. Center field's tough. Like, you, you know, Ricky Henderson was there briefly, won World Series, but he's not really a lifelong J. Yeah. Devon White. Devon White is kind Ball of the guy, That's right? the one I always put there. It was actually... For me, after Vernon Wells, I would have gone with Mosby and Devon White. Uh, some people list Kevin Pillar. No, that's not true at all. Lloyd Mosby, Mosby, yeah, he was great. Devon White. Uh, know what you say in the center field position? I would say Mosby and White better defensively. But Vernon Wells for his uh, from '99 to and '10 and uh, for the Blue Jays. Look at these numbers, Gabe: 789 runs. 223 home runs, 813 RBIs. I remember when Vernon Wells left the Jays and went to the Angels, he was a, not the player he was. He was very, very solid in Toronto. And you're, so you're, go- you really like that era. You're stuck on sort of the new era and that Vernon Wells era and those guys. <laughs> Carlos Delgado, Vernon Wells. Right field, though, Jesse Barfield. But you could yes. make the argument, too. Who else is better? Well, Joe Carter at right field. You remember Joe Carter for the big hit. What about Sean Green? Sean Green was a fantastic Blue Jay for a long time. He Alex Rios be better one, yeah. Rios, yeah. Rios had a good arm. I remember I liked Alex Rios. He could have really been something. I thought you know, people thought Rios was like a Vlad Guerrero, like star type. Maybe he just didn't get over the mental hump there. The, the, the one thing with the Blue Jay organization over the years, like Cam said earlier, there was a time, guys, in the early '90s, the Blue Jays were really good in the '80s, but they couldn't win. Like, exactly. they just couldn't get over the hump. Like, they kept losing they, to the Yankees and the Royals. And, uh, and, and like, Detroit. Detroit was their nemesis. Detroit, yeah, like, they couldn't they couldn't get over the top with their own farm system of really good guys, the Bells, the McGriffs, and all these guys. Then they said, you know what? The only way to beat everyone, we're spending money. Yep. And they went nuts. Paul Molitor, Dave Winfield, Roger Glenn, whoever the hell was it for, like, David, whoever they David could get. Cohn. David, David Cohn. David Cohn, Yeah, like, they stacked their rotation yeah, yeah, yeah. with guys in their team. Yeah. Like, they were so good. It was like, yeah, Paul Molitor is on the bench tonight. He's not starting. Yeah. It was like one of those deals. They stacked their team for two years. And it was sort of a little bit of a mixture of homegrown Blue Jay. But it was a lot of just over-the-top, let's ambush it. And it worked. They won two World Series in a row. Yeah. Right? Can- and it worked. So a lot of the great Jay players with the memories, like Joe Carter... I think of Joe Carter. I actually think of him in San Diego. Yeah. He hit the home run, but he wasn't Joe Carter, that long. I think of Joe Carter in Cleveland. Yeah, in Cleveland. Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Ricky Henderson. Yeah, Ricky Henderson won a World Series with, I think he won two, right? Or was it one? But he's not a Blue Jay. In he's my not opinion. a Blue Jay. He's you know what the, I mean? It's what you say, right? He, like, was, he was there. He's a mercenary. He was there. Is Roger Clemens a Blue Jay? Put him on the list, but he'd be not other than Roy Halliday, he'd be too. That's why I put Jimmy Key there or Pat Henkin or one of those guys. That's the thing. He's a he's a rental too. You he's know only he's there a fan for- of old school Blue Jay. Uh, well, not it was sort of 80s. Uh, the Candyman, Cal- Candy Malinato. <laughs> well, that was awesome. I love I love the Candyman. Yeah, the old if Blue you Jays. Look at the Blue Jays history of outfield camp. There's a lot of like guys that were like close to being stars and never became stars. You're right. You're like you know like uh, Rios. Rios was like, wow, this guy might be a superstar. No, didn't work out. Jose Cruz Jr. Um, Sean Green was still very good. Sean Green lasted. He was pretty good. 
Derek Bell. Remember Derek Bell? Uh, yeah, I remember Derek Bell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. This organization. I'm disappointed, Cam. So what? Uh, Pat Tabler didn't make your list, Andre. <laughs> Tabby? No, Pat Tabler did not make my list. He did win a World Series now. Tabler was there, but come on. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's another guy. He's Cleveland. When I think of Pat Tabler, I think of the Cleveland Indians. I don't even think of the Toronto Blue. Like, he played a lot of games for the tribe. Right? Uh, I got a great, uh, man, where is it here? We got so many tweets coming in. I don't know how many minutes we have. for looks and, like, oh, already done. Okay. We got to get out of here, but... Uh, Danny Bianco, who's uh, a great guy here in New York, said, oh, I got great memories of going to an Expo game and getting beat up and ending up in a Montreal hospital, getting into an Expo. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.